Hey, it's Scott Orner, Cruise Consulting, and thanks for joining us on Founders and Friends for another awesome podcast. Let's give a quick shout out to the Cruise Consulting accounting team. We're very fortunate. We have a ton of people at Cruise who work on the monthly books for our clients and get them all set up, due diligence ready, rocking every month, answering all the clients' questions, making all those adjustments. And there's no better moment for a founder and for us, really, when founder says, hey, I think I'm going to get a term sheet. Are my books ready for diligence? And we get to say, yes, they are. Fire away. Send them over. Give them access. That is a great feeling. It's the feeling that lets us know we've done a job very well done. And nothing is better than watching that cash hit the bank account. So if you are a venture-backed startup, you're going out to fundraise, maybe check us out. Check us out at cruiseconsulting.com. We love what we do. At taping here, I think we have 575 clients. Clients raise over a billion dollars this year. So we know what we're doing. And hopefully we can help you be successful in your fundraise. All right, let's get to the podcast. Thanks. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to Cruise from Founders and Friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and Friends with your host, Scotty Orn. Welcome to Founders and Friends podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And today, my very special guest is David Greenbaum of OnPlan. Welcome, David. Thank you so much, Scott. Super excited to be here. Yeah, we've been friends for a long time. You're a cruise client. We appreciate that. You're like one of the people, I think, who saw the opportunity in you know, financial projections, FP&A, delivered through a SaaS service. Like, I think you're literally the first person I met that was thinking about this. And so we've always stayed in touch and OnPlan is a great product. And I wanted to have you on the podcast so we could promote you a little bit. Uh, excited, excited uh, to be here. And uh, I remember talking with you about OnPlan way back right at the very beginning, actually. You and Vanessa, actually, both. I think we were like four people at that point, And you were probably four people. <laughs> I think I was like... Getting together to change the world. But we've both, we both grown a lot. It's been good. 100%. I think you were in like, uh, like, yeah, like a shared space at the time. I think I was working from home. Yeah. yeah early. We were, we rented an office. We rented four desks at ThoughtBot. Yep. Um, and actually some people at ThoughtBot still listen to this podcast, so they will like this, but that's, I remember meeting with you at one of their lunch tables. So that's a very, very happy memory. Um, well, maybe you can just start off by telling the audience, you know, how you had the idea for on plan and, and how you made it happen. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think the first thing I'll say just in terms of my career, you know, I would say the summation of my career is I've been pretty much a 20 year Excel nerd. Uh, so I've held a variety of sort of, uh, you know, roles in the finance department, start off as financial analyst and sort of continue to work my way up the FPNA food chain. Eventually, uh, I guess about 10 years ago, I was, uh, working at a company in uh, Miami at the time, uh, a company called ILG, Interval Leisure Group. We were we had the opportunity. We were a portfolio company of IEC, which is uh, owned by Barry Diller, and we had the opportunity yep. to buy a hotel chain in Hawaii. And mm. uh, yeah, and I you know I was all excited about the due diligence and uh, you know and it was it was a big project to go ahead and. They, they, I think they had 30 properties. It was a decent-sized hotel chain. You know, it was not supposed to. It was not just going to be the numbers. It was going to be like you know, kick the tires on the place a little bit too. And so basically, I was the one who was responsible for building the financial model to support the acquisition thesis. And uh, we 
I can totally <laughs> visualize the 30 different tabs that roll up to one 30 different tabs for 30 different hotels that roll up into one monster aggregated tab. Beast. Like my financial modeling background. Yeah. Totally. It was a beast. It was something that was bringing, you know, my, my laptop to its knees. And I remember I got called into the, you know, to the office of our, the CEO of our company um, to prep for our meeting with Barry Diller. And I would say our CEO, I think both sort of visually or physically and temperamentally, I would say it was sort of a cross between Al Pacino and Harvey Keitel. He's sort of somebody who can sort of be smiling, <laughs> be smiling at you, but you never knew when he would snap. It was sort of the thing. There's he might he might be planning your murder or something like that. Yeah, yeah. he was also like kind of physically oh he kind of like looked like them, like sort of like their love child, but also like you know temperamentally, I think was kind of there as well. So we were going over the the, the forecast projections, and you know he also was a really sharp guy, and he was like. Like the numbers aren't quite right or something. Turned out that I had uh, sort of I think swapped like a, a monthly driver for an annual driver in some place in the model, um, and so you know a super mortifying moment for me. Uh, you know I had to go back to you know back to the desk like recalculate everything, and you know ultimately uh, I still got to present to Barry Diller and the, the, the deal went went through, but. You know, it, it left an impression on me that, you know, how fragile, you know, these, these models you know, that you're building there, it's like you're doing software engineering, but where... Totally, engineering, totally. Yeah, but like your QA is like Harvey Keitel. Like your QA is Al Pacino. Like the CEO of the company <laughs> is your QA team. And... Uh, I don't know if you know this, but I did three years of M&A investment banking from 99 to 02. And you, all these memories are flooding back as you're talking about this stuff. Because I remember like building these, literally staying up all night, most a lot of nights. And at like two in the morning, the model would crash and my laptop would blue screen and I would lose like three or four hours because Excel wasn't very stable in 1999, oh, wow. you know? And oh, I'm just having all these memories that I, we live parallel lives on this stuff, you know? Yeah. I feel like, you know, I, you know, I think it's, I think it's something that a lot of people can relate to. And, you know, I think <laughs> as, you know, I, ultimately I, I did a different startup. I realized that wasn't necessarily the path that I wanted. I, I realized I was an entrepreneur, wanted to build a company and actually, so in order to finance the, the next company I started, Boost Media, I actually, so I quit that job. And I, I bought a domain called financialmodel.net and was buying um, stuff. An AdWords account was buying ads to build people financial models. And I felt like, wow, was, that's awesome. Yeah, I was like super hardcore, you know, like I said, 20 year Excel nerd, really. But, you know, I think, and then, you know, ultimately we got funded and was consuming a financial model in a high growth startup. And so I feel like the culmination of sort of like the uh, mortifying moment of, you know, realizing my, model was incorrect like you know a day before presenting to, to you know big presentation with the ceo and sort of both building and consuming financial models you know i think the culmination of those experiences is what led me to want to start on plan i would say that's super cool and maybe give the the quick summary of on plan like for those i mean how are you making startups and middle market companies life easier on the financial modeling 
Exactly. So, yeah, and that, and it's just what you said. It's you know our goal is to make your day to day life easier as a finance prof- professional in a you know SMB mid market company. We want to make it easier in terms of the data integrations, in terms of data visualizations, in terms of rolling forward, in terms of making it a less error prone environment, a more collaborative environment. And the way that we're doing that is we're marrying spreadsheets, so your native sort of working environment, the spreadsheet, with a powerful multidimensional database on the back end, and uh, and then with a native BI interface, uh, sort of a native FP&A BI interface. Uh, and so you get spreadsheets, BI, plus powerful database. And that, that's really what we're bringing together. It's really cool. And I think the cool thing about you guys is it can make things easier and speed things up, but also the flexibility of on plan. Like you, the best example of that is like the ability to actually work with like a spreadsheet at first. If you're, uh, if you're a person like me, who's, you know, nervous about how long it'll take to learn a new SAS tool, I can start with a spreadsheet and baby step my way into the SAS tool until I'm just working with a SAS tool, you know, but like that's that to me, that's flexibility. That's like listening to your customer that's making your customer's life easier. I really like how you guys approach things. I think one of the key insights that we had, and I think, you know, something that, again, you can probably relate to, is anyone who's worked extensively with Excel and with spreadsheets, you have sort of this love-hate relationship with the spreadsheet. And on the love side, on the love side of the ledger, you have familiarity. It's sort of your native coding language as a finance professional. You have um, the flexibility. You have billion-dollar companies that are still running their all of their core FP&A processes in Excel, you know, you have extensibility. Uh, so that's on the, the plus side of the ledger, on the, on the love side. And then on the hate side, you have that it's a great single user experience, not a great collaborative environment. Um, and th- another thing, just a general sort of brand or critique, I think people's Excel finan- financial models are, are terribly under-visualized. So I think one of the great ways to sort of uh, avoid errors is to visualize as many of the dynamics of the model, make those visualizations yeah, yeah. super seamless because, you know, the, the errors often manifest themselves as discontinuities or spikes, but so you have, it's not a great visualization medium. They're not connected to your key data sources. And then generally spreadsheets are Swiss army knives. Uh, you know, you use them for everything from, you know, what do I want to name my baby, you know, shopping list, et cetera, to like doing your FDNA processes. <laughs> and they're not really, yeah. they don't make the day-to-day, you know, you sort of like things like rolling your model forward and variance analysis are, take a lot of effort and effort, you know, and are, are manual and therefore are open to, to error. Uh, and so, so you have this sort of love-hate relationship and the, the idea with the software was how do we keep what people love about the spreadsheets while remediating the deficiencies. So that's why we, we took the course spreadsheet, put uh, a visualization layer on top and then connected a database. So you can still use your Excel syntax and formulas while sort of improving the collaboration, the visualization, etc. You Everything you said there, I agree with like 100%, like the love, hate, the single user experience, the, the way you find errors is the visualization, like the discontinuity of like a month spiking or your example of like, you're using an annual driver instead of a monthly driver. But then also it's awesome to be able to access things on the web and have being able to like, that's what on plan is really great. at. like can share it with my coworkers. The board can look at it. You're prepping for a board deck. 
you know, you can, you have people can huddle around it or virtually huddle around it. it it's, I really give you a lot of credit for seeing, like you saw this like seven years ago or eight years ago. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, no, I appreciate, you know, I appreciate that. But, you know, I think what's also true is that whereas like FPMA people love spreadsheets, that's not necessarily true of like the rest of the company. Uh, and so our goal is to, you know, it was to build a product that would not just be for the finance folks, but that would be this, you know, ideally, you know, finance is best as a team sport, you know, with where you can decentralize the planning, have everyone yeah. collaborate, yeah. understand in real time the give and take. And people like the rest of the departments, like, you know, they don't, you know, that you present them a model and they kind of get, you know, they freeze. And so, you know, we want to, we want sort of the web-based side of it, you know, you can have this great contributor experience, you know, for your head of sales, for your head of marketing, et cetera, for, you know, for the CEO reading and, and, and sort of consuming the model. So, it, you know, I think another thought here is to sort of was to have this amphibious, if you will, sort of modeling platform where you can sort of model in the native spreadsheet, but also where you can use a true SaaS application, you know, and not realize that you're interacting with a spreadsheet because it just looks like yeah. Also, you said something there, what I totally agree with and respect is that by like, you want to get other department heads involved in the projections process and owning their numbers and signing off on their numbers. And there's a little bit of like, when it's someone's a hyper engineered Excel model, it's hard for those people to do it. And they have kind of like a deniability of, of being responsible like it's, you kind of understand. So like, that's what the power of putting it into like a web-based tool and making it easy, to interact, easy to read, easy to tweak, because all of a sudden that, that built-in excuse is gone and the company can operate in a much healthier way. So I think that's actually like, a, I, I, I'm sure you thought about that when you started the company, but I got to believe that's like one of those epiphanies that's, that's kind of accelerated in the last year where people or last couple of years where people really kind of are probably messaging that to you. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, it's the, you know, I think when you're building one of these software platforms, you really have to think who is your customer, um, you know, and, and how can, you know, and the reality is you have multiple, you know, people that you're designing for, you know, the Excel spreadsheet is kind of mostly designed for the builder, you know, that, that, and, yeah. and I, you know, honestly, yeah. like I, and even in on plan, like, I feel like we are very builder first. But, um, you know, as in like the FP&A analyst, as opposed to the CFO, you know, I think you win by making the FP&A analysts more productive. And ultimately they're the ones who are, you know, in the tool day in, day out, but you can't lose sight of the fact that, you know, you really want this to be a cross departmental tool and it needs to be approachable. You need sort of different UI layers for different people in the company. I think yeah. really, and it, it's tough and spreadsheet. That's a really good point. And. There's, I think before we turn on the mics, you were talking about like, you had a really good phrase for like the board meeting and how people like, what, can you repeat that and tell people kind of what's behind that? Yeah. I mean, I think the other key thing that, you know, that that's driving the division for the product is we're looking to, what I would say, reverse engineer the board deck. So if you think about, you know, your quarterly, you know, however frequently you're doing your board meeting, as we've work with this large collection of companies, you start to notice that really there's like, call it seven-ish, maybe eight canonical slides that, you know, that are the core slides that are, that are um, found in most everyone's uh, board decks. Part of our vision for OnPlan is to 
make it super easy, one, to sort of make it super easy to take your financial statements and translate those directly into these canonical charts. And so it's, you know, for example, like you have waterfall charts to explain how you're, how you're growing your ARR, your customer account. You have your cohort charts, you know, charts to, you know, look at patterns around, you know, possibly around customer retention. You know, I think there's, you know, a bunch of great sort of cohort charts around um, AE sales, you know, quota attainment, for example. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I think you have your variance reports and, you know, typically you'll see month to date, quarter to date, year to date. And then you want to have that, you know, sort of along with inline a commentary on those. Uh, but you want the ability to toggle, like, you know, to sort of toggle the timeframes on those to, to go forward, backwards. Uh, you have, you know, sort of your year over year, month over month type of uh, variance. You have just sort of like trend analysis. So the idea was like, let's make these canonical charts push button where your financial data and, and automatically gets translated. When you're doing that, one, you're saving a, a lot, a lot of time, but also it's kind of like you're building these buffers for your, it's anytime you're doing things manually, you're opening, opening yourself up for making mistakes. And that's, you know, I feel like what a lot of the mistakes that I've seen in financial models come when you're sort of trying to summarize periods or when you're trying, like when you're sort of like wiring things, it's not like, you know, there's this whole, you have a whole collection of different error types that are possible, but a significant portion is in the mundane, just wiring of the darn stuff. And so if you can make them push button, you know, it's huge time savings, but also huge, you know, just sort of, you, you avoid the embarrassment that, you know, that, that I've had and, you know, probably, you know, I think we've all experienced at some point. Well, also you set the company up to be measuring and have a feedback loop on the right things that well, I forget the old saying, but like it's, it's what measured is what gets done or something like that, you know? And I huge believer in that. Cause we're like, we're, we have a lot of people at cruise. Like there's a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of metrics we really have to pay attention to to make sure we're not like going off the rails and make sure we're delivering like the quality of service we want to deliver, like super high quality. And so like, as, as you're talking about setting up those ca canonical reports, I'm like, oh my God, this is the North star. Like on plan can provide the North star for the company and, and also making that data and how it's going accessible to a lot of different people so that they can, they can measure themselves. Cause like no one wants to do a bad job. Like, Getting that that the 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 report on if you're off course or you're on course and how how you know where where you are uh, towards the north star is like critical you know and so even setting those reports up is a good exercise for the company for everyone in the company to make sure they're aligned they agree make sure the board like how many times have you been in a board meeting where people disagree about like the the KPIs you know like having a consensus and kind of cementing that via the tool is like, I think is like super valuable. It, it gets me actually excited about it because I see so much miscommunication. You're right about the errors because people are rushing to like re-spin an analysis two hours before a board meeting or things like, you know, like, whereas if it's all set up, templatized, done properly and on plan, it's a less stressful thing. And you, you got everyone bought in way before that point. A hundred percent. The way I, the way that I kind of think about financial forecasting, financial modeling, like why do you build a financial model? 
in my view, the whole point of building a financial model is so you can perform variance analysis, is so you can, you know, like if you're just building the model and checking it like once, like, you know, six, every six, you know, if you're not going back and looking at it on a month over month basis, understanding where you are right and wrong and, and recalibrating it on a monthly basis, if you're not doing that, it's sort of, there's not much of a point to like, you know, it, it's sort of like, I, I think about it as like a, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And, you know, you need to get, you know, first of all, like the foundation of any good financial model is having good, uh, good, you know, having your books in order, frankly. And, you know, one of the reasons, uh, super, uh, you know, super excited, uh, you know, after we got funded, my first phone call was to you to get, you know, to, oh. to, get, to get our, to like we were <laughs> Thank working you. With, Thank like, you. with a lower, you know, like a, a less, you know, sort of like a, you know, an outsourced, uh, anyway, I, I, you know, super frustrated with our accountant, lower quality. So, but in order, like you need to have your books in order. Um, that's the foundation. You need to have, uh, and that's sort of at the foundation. Then you build your financial model and, on top of that, like you build your financial model, like then you, you know, you sort of build your charts and your graphs and your dashboards. But to me, like at the apex of, of that whole pyramid is your variance reporting. You know, you, you want, you know, you, you need to have all of that support, you know, structure in place. Um, and so it's such a healthy exercise each month. You run your variance analysis. You understand that the true test of the quality of a financial model is the accuracy on cash. Like cash is the most downstream element of the model it'll pick up you know any you know you know how accurate you're on the income statement but it'll also obviously pick up how accurate you are on the balance sheet on forecasting those elements and you know so the degree of variation from cat you know in cash from what you report and then you sort of peel back the onion where you're not you're there are always things you should think about forecasting differently and it's so it's this iterative process that you know you're doing with each departmental head that it really helps the, the business to function efficiently, um, to understand which of your assumptions are working, which you know, which you need to, to, to rethink. Hey, it's Scott Orn, and we're going to take a quick break from the podcast to give a shout out to the cruise tax team. Gosh, it's so nice to have an in-house tax team. I can't even tell you. Uh, we have some really amazing professionals on the team. It's over. I think it's 13 people now. And we do everything from your federal state income tax return, state franchise tax filings, R&D tax credits. Those are pretty popular these days. And guess what? They're there for you when you go through diligence. A lot of people don't know this, but you actually go through tax diligence, not just operational kind of financial diligence, but you do go through tax diligence. So it's nice to have Vanessa Cruz on the phone with your VCs and with the accounting firm they hired to diligence all your stuff and the law firm. They hired to diligence on your stuff. Vanessa knows what she's doing. She's done this a million times. And uh, and not it's not just Vanessa. We have a really great team of tax professionals that will do those calls too. It's it's kind of sometimes the difference between getting around closed or having it take another two weeks because something was disorganized and the tax compliance wasn't done correctly. We hear those horror stories from clients that come to us. So, hey, if you want Cruz's tax team on your side, we're here for you. Check us out at cruiseconsulting.com. Thanks. I couldn't agree more. And I feel like we're both agreeing so much, but we, we see the world the same way because we have a lot of experience doing this and that monthly, the, the cruise books, the internal cruise books, like we're very blessed to have a great CFO and controller and staff accountant. And my literally one, this is dorky, but one of my favorite parts of the, 
month is going through our budget to actuals. And I, my opinion is you should be able to go through your budget to actuals like in 30 minutes. If, if you know your business and have everything dialed in, you, you will, the, the, the negative variances or positive, the, the, it could be a positive variance, but it could be a non-healthy positive variance should jump out at you. And you should be able to like diagnose and, and put the fix in quickly in the business like that. It's almost like I say, like you, everyone goes to the dentist every six months. Well, you should be doing your financial model and budget actuals every month. And that's how you keep, keep healthy. And you need that feedback loop because things change. Like we're all in these high growth industries where stuff changes or something wonky happens, or you have a personnel problem you don't know about or churn problem. So I'm, I'm with you like once a month and hopefully you enjoy it. Like that's actually a really exciting time. It should be an exciting time. You get to work on your business instead of working in the business. A hundred percent. And, you know, I think it's, it's, Really, and it, you know, I think it's also a good tool for making strategic decisions to, you know, running the what if analysis. So if we were to, you know, sort of offer multi-year discounts and we get three, you know, we sort of give you like a 15% discount for a three-year prepay, like kind of running that, you know, sort of like running the scenarios through understanding like how it impacts cash out, how it impacts like your ARR. You know, your, so I think having a truly, you know, having your books in order, having your model in order allows you to really understand your business in a much more fund fundamental way. And I think, you know, I think a good way to, to sort of test it and understand the dynamics is, you know, you, you, it's often helpful. You put in these sort of extreme sort of numbers to sort of like understand the, the, the limits and sort of like the, the tr how you're, yeah. the, the true financial workings of your business. Like what are the major levers? How important is like, you know, sort of like, you know, sort of cash collection versus like, you know, price versus, you know, you know, sort of like growth in, in um, customer account. And you get this into, as you're saying, kind of this like intuitive feeling for what's healthy and not. And I think like things just, you know, sort of become more apparent and jump out more as you sort of operationalize this. These processes. I t totally agree. And I have to be respectful of your time, but there's one more question I want to ask and then we can wrap up. But what, where are you, cause, cause I, we work cruise is very focused on the venture capital backed startup ecosystem. But I think one of the, I, my hypothesis, we've had a conversation about this, but it seems like, and, and these are, these are VC backed. So the VCs demand reporting, they demand visibility. And so that's one category of like client for on plan. But like, it seems like you're having success in additional categories that maybe like more traditional SMBs or traditional middle market, like what's who, where are you seeing success? Like what, you know, what's, what's driving or, or moving the needle for on plan? I mean, I think, yeah, I think we do have a lot of B2B venture back, you know, SaaS companies. I think that's probably a function of the fact that I started the company when I was in San Francisco and that's, you know, some of the early people I knew to, to bring on, but the nice thing, kind of the nice thing about building this type of, of a business is, and much like an accounting business is it is a very horizontal business. It's something that you just need across the board. We've seen a lot of growth in healthcare, like um, in sort of healthcare businesses. I don't mm. know if that might be somewhat COVID related. You know, I think we've seen uh, like financial services. Um, it's another area, but it is, we were just bringing on a brewing company, you know, like uh, we just got a, uh, that was the one that we got, you know, just yesterday. And, you know, so it That's is awesome. very, I, I wouldn't have thought that we would be like working with a brewing company, for example. 
yeah, it is a very horizontal type of a business. Uh, and super interesting to see all the different you know types of, of companies. The venture back startups get a lot of press and things like that, but there's there's a there's a lot of companies out there that need visibility. Uh, you know, every company needs visibility on this stuff and be able to move the lever. So that's that's really cool. Well, David, this is this is awesome, and I'm just I'm a big believer, and I also have a lot of respect for how you've steered the company through the years, and uh, it's exciting to see your growth. and th- And thanks for the kind words on cruise. Maybe you can kind of tell everyone, you know, how to get a hold of you if they're interested in a demo or checking out the software and and what the next steps would be. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you can check us out at onplan.co. We have a LinkedIn page. Um, and basically, we're financial forecasting for SMB mid-market companies. And we combine spreadsheets, native BI, uh, along with a multidimensional database to give you you know, a lot of power and flexibility, but also we deliver it uh, very rapidly. So thank you so much, Scott. Really appreciate the opportunity to yeah. connect with you here and to be on the podcast. My pleasure, man. Well, best of luck. Give my best to everyone at On Plan, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks, David. Thanks, Scott. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to cruise, founders and friends. Founders and friends with your host, Scotty Scotty. Oh.